Greetings, friends. It's December 8th, and this is the One Year Bible Tour Guide podcast, where we read through successive portions of the Old and New Testaments on a daily basis until we have completed the reading of all 66 books of the Bible in 365 days. Today, by God's grace, I complete my 70th orbit around our solar system's sun, and I trust you will enjoy our continued orbit around God's righteous Son, Jesus Christ, the Word made flesh, this world's only Savior, the second person of the Trinity. We are seeing all of the 66 books of the Bible in His light. The Son of God is indeed the light of the world. We are making progress in our read-through, encountering various literary genres, but one overarching story. History is His story. We complete the 28th book of the Old Testament today, the book of Hosea, and we will be starting the 26th book of the New Testament, the book of Jude, and tomorrow we start the final book of the New Testament, the book of Revelation. So as you can see, we are nearing the end of a full orbit. And if you jumped on board late in the year, fear not. We will be starting again, God willing, on January 1st, and you can always catch up on previous episodes by going to our webpage on podbean.com, One Year Bible Tour Guide. Yesterday, in the book of Hosea, we read about God's promise to bring judgment upon the northern and southern kingdoms, banishment for the northern kingdom, and captivity for the southern kingdom. But judgment is not the main message of the book. The book is about God's faithfulness to his covenant partner, his bride, his people. He is relentless in his redeeming love. He says, My people are bent on turning away from me, and though they call out to the Most High, he shall not raise them up at all. Then he says, How can I give you up, O Ephraim? How can I hand you over, O Israel? As one Bible commentator said, God's love cannot let you off, God's love cannot let you go, and God's love cannot let you down. God cannot let you off. God holds us all accountable. Israel and Judah were not off the hook, nor are we. We must admit we have sinned and fallen short of the righteousness God requires. God will not let us off. But the good news is God is not willing to let us go. He so loved the world that he sent his only begotten Son, so that whosoever believes on him should not perish. He must punish sin. And where our sin will be punished is the question. On the body of our substitute, the Lamb of God, or on our own bodies in hell? Will we die in our sins, or in the grace of the one who has kept God's covenant on behalf of repentant believers who are trusting in the atoning death of God's Son? God will not let us go, and He cannot let us down. He makes His appeal that we repent and be reconciled through the redeeming work of our Savior, His substitutionary death, that we might share in His victorious resurrection life and His glorious position in the ascension. His love cannot let you off, cannot let you go, and He cannot let you down. He cannot let us off because we are all accountable. He cannot let us go because He has given us a Savior whom we must trust, and He cannot let us down. He is faithful to His covenant commitment to honor the obedience of His Son on our behalf. It is as if the Apostle Paul sums up the thrust of Hosea's message in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 12 and 13. If we deny Him, He also will deny us. If we are faithless, He remains faithful, for He cannot deny Himself. So let's read together the final chapters from the prophet Hosea, chapters 10 through 14, 
beginning with chapter 10, verse 1, and I'm reading from the English Standard Version. Hosea chapter 10. Israel is a luxuriant vine that yields its fruit. The more his fruit increased, the more altars he built. As his country improved, he improved his pillars. Their heart is false. Now they must bear their guilt. The Lord will break down their altars and destroy their pillars. For now they will say, We have no king, for we do not fear the Lord. And a king, what could he do for us? They utter mere words. With empty oaths they make covenants. So judgment springs up like poisonous weeds in the furrows of the field. The inhabitants of Samaria tremble for the calf of Beth-Avon. Its people mourn for it, and so do its idolatrous priests, those who rejoiced over it and over its glory, for it has departed from them. The thing itself shall be carried to Assyria as tribute to the great king. Ephraim shall be put to shame, and Israel shall be ashamed of his idol. Samaria's king shall perish like a twig on the face of the waters. The high places of Avon, the sin of Israel, shall be destroyed. Thorn and thistle shall grow up on their altars, and they shall say to the mountains, Cover us, and to the hills, Fall on us. From the days of Gibeah you have sinned, O Israel. There they have continued. Shall not the war against the unjust overtake them in Gibeah? When I please, I will discipline them, and nations shall be gathered against them when they are bound up for their double iniquity. Ephraim was a trained calf that loved to thresh, and I spared her fair neck. But I will put Ephraim to the yoke. Judah must plough, Jacob must harrow for himself. Sow for yourselves righteousness, reap steadfast love. Break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord, that he may come and rain righteousness upon you. You have ploughed iniquity, you have reaped injustice, you have eaten the fruit of lies, because you have trusted in your own way and in the multitude of your warriors. Therefore the tumult of war shall arise among your people, and all your fortresses shall be destroyed, as Shalman destroyed Beth Arbel on the day of battle. Mothers were dashed in pieces with their children. Thus it shall be done to you, O Bethel, because of your great evil. At dawn the king of Israel shall be utterly cut off. Chapter 11. The Lord's Love for Israel When Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. The more they were called, the more they went away. They kept sacrificing to the Baals and burning offerings to idols. Yet it was I who taught Ephraim to walk. I took them up by their arms, but they did not know that I healed them. I led them with cords of kindness, with the bands of love, and I became to them as one who eases the yoke on their jaws, and I bent down to them and fed them. They shall not return to the land of Egypt, but Assyria shall be their king, because they have refused to return to me. The sword shall rage against their cities, consume the bars of their gates, and devour them because of their own counsels. My people are bent on turning away from me, and though they call out to the Most High, he shall not raise them up at all. How can I give you up, O Ephraim? How can I hand you over, O Israel? How can I make you like Adma? How can I treat you like Zeboim? 
My heart recoils within me. My compassion grows warm and tender. I will not execute my burning anger. I will not again destroy Ephraim. For I am God and not man, the Holy One in your midst, and I will not come in wrath. They shall go after the Lord. He will roar like a lion when he roars. His children shall come trembling from the west. They shall come trembling like birds from Egypt and like doves from the land of Assyria. And I will return them to their homes, declares the Lord. Ephraim has surrounded me with lies and the house of Israel with deceit. But Judah still walks with God and is faithful to the Holy One. Chapter 12 Ephraim feeds on the wind and pursues the east wind all day long. They multiply falsehood and violence. They make a covenant with Assyria, and oil is carried to Egypt. The Lord has an indictment against Judah and will punish Jacob according to his ways. He will repay him according to his deeds. In the womb he took his brother by the heel, and in his manhood he strove with God. He strove with the angel and prevailed. He wept and sought his favor. He met God at Bethel, and there God spoke with us, the Lord, the God of hosts. The Lord is his memorial name. So you, by the help of your God, return, hold fast to love and justice, and wait continually for your God. A merchant, in whose hands are false balances, he loves to oppress. Ephraim has said, Ah, but I am rich. I have found wealth for myself. In all my labors they cannot find in me iniquity or sin. I am the Lord your God from the land of Egypt. I will again make you dwell in tents as in the days of the appointed feast. I spoke to the prophets. It was I who multiplied visions and through the prophets gave parables. If there is iniquity in Gilead, they shall surely come to nothing. In Gilgal they sacrifice bulls, their altars also are like stone heaps on the furrows of the field. Jacob fled to the land of Aram. There Israel served for a wife, and for a wife he guarded sheep. By a prophet the Lord brought Israel up from Egypt, and by a prophet he was guarded. Ephraim has given bitter provocation, so his Lord will leave his blood guilt on him, and will repay him for his disgraceful deeds. Chapter 13 the Lord's relentless judgment on Israel. When Ephraim spoke, there was trembling. He was exalted in Israel, but he incurred guilt through Baal and died. And now they sin more and more, and make for themselves metal images, idols skillfully made of their silver, all of them the work of craftsmen. It is said of them, Those who offer human sacrifice kiss calves. Therefore they shall be like the morning mist, or like the dew that goes early away, like the chaff that swirls from the threshing floor, or like smoke from a window. But I am the Lord your God, from the land of Egypt. You know no God but me, and besides me there is no Savior. It was I who knew you in the wilderness, in the land of drought. But when they had grazed, they became full. They were filled, and their heart was lifted up. Therefore they forgot me. So I am to them like a lion. Like a leopard I will lurk beside the way. I will fall upon them like a bear robbed of her cubs. I will tear open their breast, and there I will devour them like a lion. 
as a wild beast would rip them open. He destroys you, O Israel, for you are against me, against your helper. Where now is your king to save you in all your cities? Where are all your rulers, those of whom you said, Give me a king and princes? I gave you a king in my anger, and I took him away in my wrath. The iniquity of Ephraim is bound up, his sin is kept in store. The pangs of childbirth come for him, for he is an unwise son. For at the right time he does not present himself at the opening of the womb. I shall ransom them from the power of Sheol. I shall redeem them from death. O death, where are your plagues? O Sheol, where is your sting? Compassion is hidden from my eyes. Though he may flourish among his brothers, the east wind, the wind of the Lord, shall come, rising from the wilderness, and his fountain shall dry up, his spring shall be parched, it shall strip his treasury of every precious thing. Samaria shall bear her guilt, because she has rebelled against her God. They shall fall by the sword, their little ones shall be dashed in pieces, and their pregnant women ripped open. Chapter 14 a plea to return to the Lord. Return, O Israel, to the Lord your God, for you have stumbled because of your iniquity. Take with you words and return to the Lord. Say to him, Take away all iniquity, except what is good, and we will pay with bulls the vows of our lips. Assyria shall not save us, we will not ride on horses, and we will say no more, Our God, to the work of our hands. In you the orphan finds mercy. I will heal their apostasy. I will love them freely, for my anger has turned from them. I will be like the dew to Israel. He shall blossom like the lily. He shall take root like the trees of Lebanon. His shoots shall spread out. His beauty shall be like the olive, and his fragrance like Lebanon. They shall return and dwell beneath my shadow. They shall flourish like the grain. They shall blossom like the vine. Their fame shall be like the wine of Lebanon. O Ephraim, what have I to do with idols? It is I who answer and look after you. I am like an evergreen cypress. From me comes your fruit. Whoever is wise, let him understand these things. Whoever is discerning, let him know them. For the ways of the Lord are right and the upright walk in them, but transgressors stumble in them. And this concludes our reading from the Old Testament portion, and this concludes our reading of the prophet Hosea. Let's take a few moments to recap and reflect. The book of Hosea is the first and the longest of the collection known as the Minor Prophets. The twelve Minor Prophets are named Minor not because they are less important not because they are in any way in a minor league, but because their books are shorter than the ones written by Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel. Remember, Daniel is considered part of the Cthuvim, the writings. We will quickly read through the remaining 11 books of the minor prophets in the next few weeks. Hosea traces the sad history of Israel's rebellion from its earliest days. The prophets likened Israel to a vine planted by the Lord, it spread to bring forth fruit, yet rather than glorifying God for its prosperity, it honored pagan deities. Israel built altars to foreign gods and robbed the one true God of the glory due his name. 
they became like the idols they worshipped, dead driftwood on the surface of the waters, chapter 10, verse 7. In chapter 11, we witness the fatherly affection that God has towards Israel and his heartache over their waywardness. When Israel was a youth, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. The more they called them, the more they went from them. They kept sacrificing to the Baals and burning incense to idols. Hosea chapter 11, verses 1 and 2. Where Israel failed to honor God's call to obedience, Jesus succeeded. We see how Jesus is the truer Israel, meaning ruled by God. He is the obedient son that Israel failed to be. Matthew quotes Hosea 11.1 1 in Matthew chapter 2, verse 15, indicating that Jesus was the greater son. He would not turn aside. In Matthew chapter 2, verse 15, we read, He, that is Jesus and his family, remained there, that is in Egypt, until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet, Out of Egypt I called my son. The relentless pursuit of our loving God is seen as he poses the question, How can I give you up, O Ephraim? How can I surrender you, O Israel? How can I make you like Adma? How can I treat you like Zeboim? My heart is turned over within me. All my compassions are kindled. Hosea chapter 11 verse 8 Adma and Zeboim were cities that God had overthrown together with Sodom and Gomorrah. In Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 23, we have seen in the history of Israel that they were seeking God for favors. They wanted Him to save them out of trouble rather than from their sins. Their self-deception is evident in their boasts. And Ephraim said, Surely I have become rich. I have found wealth for myself. In all my labors they will find in me no iniquity which would be sin. Hosea chapter 12, verse 8. God's relentless pursuit of Israel is also seen in that He feeds His people the words they can use to repent. He gives them the words to say in prayer. Take words with you and return to the Lord. Say to Him, Take away all iniquity and receive us graciously, that we may present the fruit of our lips. Assyria will not save us. We will not ride on horses, nor will we say again our God to the work of our hands. For in you the orphan finds mercy. Hosea chapter 14, verses 2 and 3. Hosea prophesies what the Lord would accomplish through the atoning death of the Messiah that would bring a full propitiation for our sins. I will heal their apostasy. I will love them freely. For my anger has turned away from them. Hosea 14, verse 4. The book closes with a summary of the entire prophecy's demands. Turn from the wrong way and love the true God. Whoever is wise, let him understand these things. Whoever is discerning, let him know them. For the ways of the Lord are right, and the righteous will walk in them, but transgressors will stumble in them. Hosea chapter 14 verse 9 we are continuing with our Bible reading tour in the New Testament, and we will read the Epistle of Jude in its entirety. Jude chapter 1, verses 1 through 25. Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those who are called, beloved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ, may mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Beloved, 
although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain people have crept in unnoticed who long ago were designated for this condemnation, ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality and deny our only Master and Lord, Jesus Christ. Now I want to remind you, although you once fully knew it, that Jesus, who saved a people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe, and the angels who did not stay within their own position of authority but left their proper dwelling, he has kept in eternal chains under gloomy darkness until the judgment of the great day, just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities, which likewise indulged in sexual immorality and pursued unnatural desire, serve as an example by undergoing a punishment of eternal fire. Yet in like manner these people also, relying on their dreams, defile the flesh, reject authority, and blaspheme the glorious ones. But when the archangel Michael, contending with the devil, was disputing about the body of Moses, he did not presume to pronounce a blasphemous judgment, but said, The Lord rebuke you. But these people blaspheme all that they do not understand, and they are destroyed by all that they, like unreasoning animals, understand instinctively. Woe to them, for they walked in the way of Cain, and abandoned themselves for the sake of gain to Balaam's error, and perished in Korah's rebellion. These are hidden reefs at your love feasts, as they feast with you without fear, shepherds feeding themselves, waterless clouds swept along by winds, fruitless trees in late autumn, twice dead, uprooted, wild waves of the sea, casting up the foam of their own shame, wandering stars, for whom the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved forever. It was also about these that Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousand of his holy ones, to execute judgment on all, and to convict all the ungodly of all their deeds of ungodliness that they have committed in such an ungodly way, and of all the harsh things that ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are grumblers, malcontents, following their own sinful desires. They are loud-mouthed boasters, showing favoritism to gain advantage. But you must remember, beloved, the predictions of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. They said to you, In the last time there will be scoffers following their own ungodly passions. It is these who cause divisions, worldly people, devoid of the Spirit. But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. And have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. To others show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. Now to Him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of His glory with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen.
And this concludes our reading from the New Testament, and this concludes the book of Jude. Jude is the brother of James and the half-brother of Jesus. Jude's letter focuses on apostasy, when people abandon their faith in the apostles' doctrine and adopt false teachings. Apostasy is the rejection of the good news of who God is and what He has done in the person of His Son, as revealed in the canon of Scripture. False teachers crept in unnoticed and began to contradict what has been clearly taught by the apostles and the Old Testament Scriptures. Jude implores his readers to contend for the faith that was once and for all delivered to the saints in Jude chapter 1, verse 3. We must know the gospel, stand for the gospel, and defend the gospel. Jude reminds his readers that the kind of behavior demonstrated and advocated by these false teachers brought severe judgment in the Old Testament. The unbelief of the children of Israel caused them to perish in the wilderness, although they had been delivered from Egypt. Rebellion brought judgment upon the angels. In verse 6, immorality and perversion caused judgment to fall on Sodom and Gomorrah. In verse 7, like Balaam, these false teachers sought material gain from their religious deception. In verse 11, and Numbers chapter 22 through 24, Jude warns his readers to consider the reality of a future judgment and punishment with eternal fire. In verse 7, This letter is a warning of the dangers of entertaining the false teachings of the Gnostics who rejected the truths of the Incarnation and the call to Christian ethics. Jude also warns that scoffers will come and ridicule those who pursue holiness according to the Word of God in verse 18. The false teachers will also work to bring division in the church in verse 19. He gives these strong marching orders to the church. But you, beloved, be building yourselves up on the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keeping yourselves in the love of God, waiting anxiously for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life, and have mercy on some who are doubting, save others, snatching them out of the fire, and on some have mercy with fear, hating even the garment polluted by the flesh. Jude chapter 1 verses 20 to 23. Jude closes his letter with an inspired benediction. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless with great joy. Jude 1.24 Now let's go to the Bible's song and prayer book, the book of Psalms, and we read Psalm 127 verses 1 through 5. Unless the Lord builds the house. A song of ascents of Solomon. Psalm 127. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. How wonderful it is to be reminded that unless the Lord build a house, its builders labor in vain. In verse 1, let us never forget that we are workers together with Christ, and he is the supervisor, architect, project manager, and chief builder. His presence is brought on sight by the Holy Spirit. This enables us to rest. We show up and make ourselves available. 
He underwrites the entire project. He gives us rest. He said that He would guard the city so we can sleep. Verses 3 through 5 speak of the blessings of families, sons, and daughters. They soften the hardest hearts and can even contend with enemies at the gate. And now for our final stop in our Bible reading tour, we go to the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 29, verses 15 through 17. The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. When the wicked increase, transgression increases, but the righteous will look upon their downfall. Discipline your son, and he will give you rest. He will give delight to your heart. Parents must dare to discipline. Yes, children need positive instruction and encouragement, but they also need to learn obedience, responsibility, and accountability. Wickedness promotes lawlessness and moral transgressions in a culture. In our culture today, righteous distinctions have been obscured. We should not concede to a culture that God Himself will judge. There is a delightful payoff for parental attention given to children, particularly from fathers. Let's pray together. Father, what a wonderful plan of salvation, and what an expression of perfect love you have shown to us in Christ. You have taken the burden of our waywardness upon yourself. You have given us your Son to reverse the curse and heal our condition as hell-bound rebels subject to the kingdom of darkness. Jesus' perfect obedience on our behalf, his sinless living and substitutionary dying, has won our freedom from the curse of the law. We choose to magnify your mercy and the name that is above every other name, the name of Jesus, our risen living Savior. We are so blessed to be your children. Thank you for your discipline and care. May your Holy Spirit have free course to express your love through us today. In Jesus' name, amen. May God's blessings be on you today, and I want to thank you for your company joining with us in our Bible reading adventure. God willing, we'll be with you tomorrow. If you would like to have a written copy of our commentary on each day's portion, you can always subscribe to a daily email at our website, newlife.org. And you can contact us with any questions, comments, or prayer requests by writing podcast at newlife.org. So until next time, in the words of Jude, now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless in the presence of his glory with exceeding great joy to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority, both now and forever. Amen. Shalom.